It's Saturday the 15th of July. I'm Jamie East and this was a week that saw the BBC mystery presenter unmasked, Joe Biden popping on his way to NATO, Deli Alley open up to Gary Neville and Margot Robbie on the Barbie tour. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the Smart Seven. It's news, but not the news. It was an absolutely dizzying week for the BBC with a whirlwind of drama and speculation which all started with a story in The Sun that suggested a BBC presenter had paid a teenager for sexual images. The Sun didn't identify the presenter or the teenager but published an interview with their parents and started a media firestorm. The weekend saw prominent presenters taking to social media to declare that it wasn't them and it emerged that an original complaint was apparently made to the BBC by the victim's mother back in May and when it appeared no action had been taken she then approached a tabloid newspaper. Former ITN chief exec Stuart Purvis was on the Sunday shows saying the BBC's in a difficult position as it can't in any way identify the presenter but that the tone so far has been poor. The problem is it looks evasive. It mm. doesn't look in the, in the jargon they are transparent. Mm. So and the statement they issued to me was mm. almost pointing to the parent as the problem. The BBC Six O'Clock News on Monday evening opened up with a denial from the teen at the centre of the story with a statement from their lawyers describing the whole story as rubbish and revealing they'd already contacted The Sun before they published the story. Police were assessing information from the BBC about allegations against a presenter but said there was no investigation at this time. PR expert Kevin Craig couldn't believe the story had been published at all. He claims there's a lack of evidence. I'm actually shocked that the... Sun went ahead and published a story uh, going against the, you know, denied by the person at the centre of it. This crisis hitherto has had no evidence or facts behind it. Totally hitherto unfounded speculation. Tuesday saw the BBC release its annual report, including the salary list for its highest paid stars. The top earner remained tweeter-in-chief Gary Lineker. There was, however, much more interest in the identity of the presenter who'd become embroiled in the scandal. The Met Police asked the BBC to stop its internal investigation while they assessed the matter and BBC Director General Tim Davey told Radio 4 that for the moment his hands were tied. It is absolutely not the right thing to be doing to speculate. We now need to let the police do their work in terms of seeing the evidence and making their call with regard to further activity. That's what we need to do. Then at 6pm on Wednesday, the nation finally found out who the presenter was from the opening lines of the BBC's own news. Well, in the last few minutes, the BBC presenter has been named as Hugh Edwards, the man who has been accused of paying a teenager for explicit photos. Those who didn't know were shocked. Those who did know were surprised to find out that it was Hugh's wife, Vicky Flind, who released a statement identifying him and pleading for privacy as it emerged had been hospitalised with mental health issues. Around the same time, the Met Police announced they'd interviewed the key players and found no evidence of criminality. It followed a storm of gossip and a media frenzy, with even BBC presenters pleading for their mystery colleague to identify themselves because they, and I'm looking at you, Jeremy Vine, were uncomfortable about having their name linked to speculation. The Sun newspaper clearly have questions to answer, but we'll have to wait some time to hear Hugh's side of the story as his wife's statement makes clear. Hugh is suffering from serious mental health issues. The events of the last few days have greatly worsened matters. He has suffered another serious episode and is now receiving inpatient hospital care 
where he'll stay for the foreseeable future. Meanwhile, Rupert Murdoch's Talk TV has apparently paid the parents behind the original allegation tens of thousands of pounds for an interview to be broadcast as a documentary series. Jake Cantor, investigations editor with Deadline, says this is another example of News UK using its power to whip up a story. What it does do is feed a wider a, a wider media ecosystem at News UK. Yeah, they've got an outrage machine to fill with content on talk radio and talk TV. Uh, the Times has covered uh, yeah, extensively uh, this issue and uh, that all works in the favour of News UK. It was a big week for NATO as leaders headed to the annual summit in Lithuania. Ahead of that, US President Biden made a flying visit to the UK, arriving on Sunday night for a catch-up with Rishi Sunak and a formal first meeting with King Charles. Ukrainian President Zelensky has been busy trying to make a case that Ukraine should be admitted to the alliance as soon as possible. But speaking to CNN on Sunday, Joe didn't sound convinced the timing was right. I don't think it's ready for membership in NATO, but here's the deal. I spent a great deal of time trying to hold NATO together. I don't think there is unanimity in NATO about whether or not to bring Ukraine into the NATO family now, in the middle of a war. Biden was barely in the UK for 24 hours, but managed to meet with Rishi Sunak in the Downing Street Garden, so beloved of Boris's pandemic parties. The two spoke about the importance of the NATO meeting and reaffirmed the UK and US's special relationship remained strong, even as Rishi's every package seemed to arrive mid-chat. Couldn't be meeting with a closer friend and a greater ally. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. I think we're moving along in a way that's positive. But, but our relationship is rock solid. Joe then went for his first official meeting with King Charles and got to inspect the Guard of Honour at Windsor Castle. It's clear there's no prospect of Ukraine being asked to join NATO while the war continues, but former White House Director of Global Engagement Brett Bruin praised the two men's united front as they headed to the summit. This is an opportunity for both men to show how close relations are even if, obviously, there are clouds and and concerns that are looming on the horizon. The other big topic on the table was Sweden's membership. Neighbours Finland have already joined, but stalling from Hungary and objections from Turkey held up Sweden's application. Monday night saw a last-minute breakthrough, though, as talks hosted by NATO Secretary Jens Stoltenberg led to an announcement that Turkey would waive its veto and allow Sweden to join. We would like to have all the decisions to be made during the summit. I'll be there and I'll be doing whatever I can in order to, so to speak, expedite that solution. The issue of who should lead NATO has also been bubbling away in the background, and current Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg has now agreed to stay on for another year. The former Prime Minister of Norway been a safe pair of hands during a turbulent time for the alliance and US President Biden was backing him all the way. Your leadership really matters. I still think that, uh, that President Putin thinks the way he succeeds is to break NATO. Not going to do that, especially with you, Mr. Best. The summit wrapped up in Vilnius on Wednesday night with lots of smiling photos and happy faces, but not everyone was delighted. Zelensky wasn't pleased there's still no timeline agreed for Ukraine's membership, but he backed down from his disrespectful comments on Tuesday. He'll still be checking the post until that invite arrives, though. With concrete success, we can state that the results of the summit are good, but if there was an invitation to NATO, they would be ideal. There was also some grumbling about Ukraine's lack of thank you notes from the UK's Defence Secretary Ben Wallace, who suggested Ukraine's treating its allies a bit like an Amazon warehouse for armaments. The tone was echoed by US National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, who said the US people do deserve a degree of gratitude. Rishi was doing his best to smooth things on behalf of his buddy Zelensky. People across Ukraine are also fighting for their lives 
and freedom every single day. So I completely understand Vladimir's desire to do everything he can to protect his people and to stop this war. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg stayed on script, saying that whatever about the timing, it's not going to be a decision made by Russia. Ukraine, of course, has the right to choose its own path and what kind of security arrangements it wants to be part of. And if we can never allow that Moscow starts to decide who can or who cannot be a member of a NATO. Rishi Sunak finally put an end to the summer of strikes on Thursday, or at least made a firm attempt to. More than one million public sector workers, including doctors, teachers and police officers, are finally getting a pay offer from the government. Treasury Minister John Glenn spoke in the House of Commons to formally announce the offer in line with the recommendations of the independent pay review body. We said we would accept the outcome of the public pay review bodies, and that is exactly what we will do. And we will do so because we are proud of our world-class public servants and owe them a debt of gratitude. The offers between 5 and 7%, with police officers getting the highest rise, but the twist is that the pay rises have to be funded out of existing spending budgets so as not to trigger further inflation rises. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak says it's time for those on strike to do the right thing and that he also had a warning there was no more cash on the table. Today's offer is final. There will be no more talks on pay. We will not negotiate again on this year's settlements and no amount of strikes will change our decision. Four education unions have said the deal will allow them to end their dispute, but the junior doctors who are currently on a five-day strike reacted furiously. Dr Vivek Trivedi of the British Medical Association says an offer of 5 or 6% simply isn't enough to make up for years of pay cuts. But so far, all we've been presented is a 5% uplift, which would take those doctors that are earning £14.09 an hour to £14.79 an hour. It's simply not enough. Head of the Civil Service, Simon Case, appeared in front of a Commons Committee on Wednesday and he got a few things off his chest. First off, he says he'd seen no evidence that former colleague Sue Gray had breached any rules and no suggestion her Partygate report had in fact been coloured by political leanings in any way, despite former Prime Minister Boris Johnson's claims. We found no evidence that whilst employed as a civil servant, Sue's advice was coloured by party political uh, views or such factors. He's only quite fed up with the government and its former members, including Nadine Doris, who is reported to the Chief Whip and the Speaker over forceful comments to his staff about her missing peerage. He also took a stand against Tory party members who refer to the civil service as the blob, which he described as dehumanising and insulting. It would surprise me if current ministers were using uh, this language not least because if they were, I think it would indicate something akin to self-defeating cowardice. Because insulting the people who work for you, it, that's the self-defeating. And cowardice, because you know these people can't answer back. Still to come on the standout seven, Deli Alley opens up to Gary Neville and Bob is a big Ken fan. Right after this. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
welcome back. Rishi Sunak's illegal immigration bill, the so-called Stop the Boats legislation, has been taking a battering in the House of Lords and Commons. The PM says it's essential to stop trafficking gangs, but senior Tory MPs weighed in on Tuesday evening, criticising the bill and forcing changes on elements like time limits for the detention of pregnant women and children. Work and Pension Secretary Mel Stride says the bill's critical for breaking up trafficking gangs and stopping the criminals. What we've got to do is use a number of measures, basically all aimed at breaking the model. Uh, those uh, trafficking gangs who are taking often quite substantial amounts of money uh, from people that are coming over and going across the short Dover Straits. Former PM Theresa May sounded unconvinced and feels the bill goes too far and may well have unintended consequences for those facing modern slavery. This bill ties the hands of the police and it undoes the good work of the Modern Slavery Act. It will consign more people to slavery. Deli Ali's been through a lot. At just 27, he's played for England, Spurs, Everton and most recently Turkish side Besiktas. He sat down with Gary Neville's The Overlap and revealed that we didn't know half of what he's been through. He's just come out of rehab after struggling while at the Turkish club and needing help for a sleeping pill addiction and mental health issues. He also opened up about the trauma he'd been through as a child for the very first time. At six, I was molested by my mum's friend. And then I was sent to Africa to learn discipline. And then I was sent back. Seven, I started smoking. Eight, I started dealing drugs. Eleven, I was hung off a bridge. And then, yeah, 12, I was adopted, so. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Well, that's exactly what the stars of the new movie were doing out in LA. The long-awaited Barbie movies just premiered in the States and all the stars, including Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, were out walking the special pink carpet. The Greta Gerwig-directed movie also has a star-packed soundtrack with Nicki Minaj, Billie Eilish, Dua Lipa and many more famous faces pop up too. It hits UK cinemas on the 21st of July, but here's Margot explaining how Ryan Gosling became her Ken. There's a video, someone's filming and you're on the street and you like stop a fight from happening. But it's you being you, you're not on set or anything and you like stop a fight from happening. You like intervene and two people are about to get in a fight and you like just come in like a hero. And that was wild all over the internet. And I remember that video and I remember thinking, he must be a really good guy. And we need a good guy to play Ken. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.